the liquor room. See, there's a whole lot of thoughts when I step up in the stew and approach this mic. It really sounds different when you're lying. Yes, people, we're back. The liquor room. We got football growing up, part five. We had to get this one going because uh, my boy phoned me up and said, listen, I've been hearing the great ones you've been putting forward and I need to get stuff off my chest. These are his words, man. So, Mal, tell them, what you got What you got to get off your chest today, bro? Hey, football growing up. <laughs> this episode's going to be mad. I've got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff to get off my chest. I mean, it's heated. I heard it in your voice, you know, when you shouted me, I was like, boy, I mean, I can't turn this opportunity down. It's been going well, but... I think people them need to hear what you've got to say. You know, you're the... Should I call you the non-league villain? Because I see a lot of stuff. I think I should, I should call you the non-league villain. I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. You tell me, man. I'm out here, man. Non-league now, Ranger. But uh, really- <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen some stuff. I can't say I've heard some stuff, but yeah, I've seen yeah. some stuff that, you know, has come to forth on t- types of different social medias and whatnot. Uh, you've been certain places for a couple of seasons here and there you've been maybe less than a season maybe even one game if i'm if i'm correct in seeing <laughs> some places have just written you off or have you written them off so I, we want to get into that but that's a little bit down the pecking order because i think that's current football but let's start off with the whole how did you start kicking ball like where did it all start for you what age and where man um i'd say my earliest memories of kicking ball um would be at lily road wreck um, yeah, famous, famous. Yeah, yeah. If you're from like Hamsworth, Fulham, <clears throat> South and West London, you must know about Lily Road Wreck. We've done some battles down there. I don't think you remember, man, but we've done some battles down there. Yeah, yeah. It's also, you know, about Holy Trinity, you know, with Desio yeah, and them, man. That was a serious rivalry we had because I'm not going to lie, wherever he's listening to it, when it comes to it, bruv, Desio used to give lip to my manager. Bruv. He used to give the serious lip. Because you know what, you're I'm not like you, man, were talented, but you know when you're just cocky with it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So every time you man slapped a goal or something, yeah, you'd be giving it to my manager. That was a good rivalry, though, I'm not gonna lie, it's a good rivalry. That's Sorry, man, go through, go through. That was my earliest memories because, um, my bro used to play down there as well, so my mum would take him and take me in it. And okay, we played two games on the day, I think it was. Mm. Yeah, yeah, always two games. Yeah, always two games. Yeah, yeah, you remember? And then the cup thing was in one day. I remember it like it was yesterday. Good times, bro. Uh, do you remember who the Whipping Boys were, though? Did he really rep Whipping Boys? No. Uh, West, West Brompton. They're <laughs> <laughs> They used to flip him away. I think it was like an all-Navy kit. They used to get slapped every yeah, week. I think I'm with you now. <laughs> <laughs> every week, they used to get pumped like 10 or whatever it was, they used to just come for the fun of it, bro. But yeah. I think they were like a community team or something. Yeah, 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 they were, they were, they were. Yeah, that's funny. Sorry, go to you, man. But, um, no, yeah. Um, so that's when it like, really started for me. That's when I really started to get um, into the football thing for me. Um, what was that, age 10, roughly? No, I was a bit younger. I think okay. like, it was like seven, six. Okay. Proper young. I remember the big, wide goals. You just, you just yeah, 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 yeah. Seven, bro. Um, so yeah, man, those are like my earliest days of football when it all started for me. Mm. Oh, the famous league still. I mean, it, it bred some good players as well. I don't know. If, did you stay with them throughout your, what, four or five years? Because I think I, we played down there for at least three, four years. I think from the age of like, what, 10 or nine. I think I played from there. And then 
he did at under 12s, under 13s, I think. Yeah, no, I think I was at that team, like, rough memory for, like, two years. And then mm. I went to Brunswick. That's when I, no, no, no. I went to another team. Um, yeah. Who played down Lily Road Rep. But after that, it was Lily Road, was, like, five aside, And then we went yeah. to seven aside after. Okay. I, really, I think I was down there for, like, one season. Mm. Um, and when you moved to the next team, what was that like? Any any different in types of football? So we went from five aside to seven aside, so it was different. You know, five aside, you're running everywhere. Seven aside was a bit more. You you got positions now. Mm. Obviously, I used to score a bit down Lily Road Rep, but my the manager who I then played for after moved me to a more central role, so I wasn't really getting many goals. But you know, that's just how it went. Mm. Then you moved on to where then after that? It was a little short stay, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. So after Foundation Eagles slash AC Fulham, I moved on to Brunswick. Yeah. Everyone knows about Brunswick. Yeah, yeah, big team. So yeah, I moved on to Brunswick from there. I uh, was there for like four or five years, uh, cleaning up. And then after that, got to, so I was, when I was there, um, enjoyed it, loved it, man. Loved it, loved it. Was that under Scott at the time, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Under Scott. Big up yeah. Scott, man. So yeah, played under Scott. Four or five years, and then that bro, I swear, the whole team left so quickly because it, it got to the sixteen-year-old stage, didn't it? When everyone mm. had different paths now, yeah, yeah, picking ball. Um, some people were carrying on, but they moved on. Um, and then from Brunswick, that's when I went to Kingstonian Academy um, for a year. Okay, um, Kingstonian. Yeah, so yeah. you see, when you was at Brunswick, was it um, what kind of competitions was you getting into, like? Um, was it because you said you was cleaning up, but yeah, just yeah. to give the people them context and what do you mean? So like we was in tournaments, so Brookhouse, Sandgate, um, the Arsenal International Festival, we was in the Harriset Mary's Youth League as well. Mm. Um, I think we was in one of the county cups, I'm not too sure. I think it was in the Middlesex County Cup. I remember playing against um different different teams uh, yeah. on the Middlesex side anyway. Because I remember playing with you one year, I can't remember if it was under sixteens or fifteens. I came through one year and played for you lot in the Arsenal tournament. I can't remember if it was... Yeah, yeah. I think that was... 16th of... Yeah. Because we lost in the semis to the, yeah. that, that um, Al-Alao team, which are which were, were a decent Funny. side. What, do you remember that... Um, oh, they were from like... Um... Sa- Saudi Arabia? Not even yes, Saudi Arabia. Bro, one of them. Too. Yeah, yeah. Plus. Yeah, yeah. Headache. Very, very good side, but I think we lost like 3-0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, you know... For the us, yeah, we didn't really lose many games like that, but no. we, that was like a big eye-opener for us. Like, mm. we've never come across anything like that before. Yeah, they can and play. They could, back then, they could play. They mm. played us off the park and they were unreal, to be fair, and they were fit as well. Mm. Um, First taste of international-type football, wasn't it, to be fair? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a good game, to be fair. So when you went on to, to Kingstonians and whatnot... Um, well, before that, when you was um, at Brunswick, of course you were cleaning up. Was there any like opportunities to you know play at a higher level? Was it just that was the opportunity to go to Kingstonian? Um, I think throughout my time at Brunswick, like players were getting trials here and there, um, but no one really in my age group really got in. I think we had mm. talent back there, to be fair, but no one really actually got into an academy back then. Um, Opportunity-wise, again, it was just trials. Yeah. Um, just trials for teams and that was it. I think everyone went to a trial at least once and then came back and didn't, you know, really kick on or anything like that. I think Ashley was the only one who I think got signed. Um, yeah. Ash- Ashley and Kurt, actually. 
Actually, um, sounds familiar. Forward, no? Ashby Parker, yeah, he played on the wing for us. Okay. Um, but he got cool. Cool, brother, no? Yeah, slightly yeah, cool. Yeah, slightly yeah, cool. Okay. He got sat in Club Palace, and then um, Kurt got something in Club Palace as well. So I think okay. they were the only two in my age group who actually went on to mm. sign for like a professional club. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, so moving on to Kingstonians, of course, I've, this is a bit of a, a whistle-stop tour, but, you know, it's quite good to hear people's your transition through to now. Um, Kingstonians, what was that, academy, football college, or was that something else? Yeah, no, it was like the football college from 16 to 19. Um, you do your education and then you play games and you train every day. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that wasn't too bad. Um, I think I went down... Because I didn't really, I didn't know what I wanted to do in it. I, didn't, I think mm. I was going to go to Richmond College. Um, yeah, you would have bumped into me there. I went yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a few of the boys that I was playing with went as well. Um, mm. And then Sean shouted me and was like, I'm going to go here. Um, Sean Smart, I think you know him anyway. Yeah, yeah, big up Sean, man. Um, yeah, so he shouted me and was like, I'm going to go K. So I went Cape down K's with him and I just went there for a year. Um, I, wasn't, I didn't know I was going to be there for a year, but bro, we were the whipping boys of that league, man. Damn. Um, what what changed? Because obviously I know my guy Mal went there as well, Malachi. And uh, yeah, yeah. he said they, they kind of like transformed after maybe a couple of years, maybe. Yeah, I think after the first year, they mm. got like better players in. Okay. Um, and But after the first year, I was gone. I didn't really wait about to see the second and third year. So I, just, mm. I moved on to um, a place called Queens up in Bushy. Like, what yeah, there? yeah. Um, so I went over there. How did you get from one to the other, though? Because Queens is not close. Yeah, yeah. As you um, know. So I, I used to train um, on a Saturday morning, um, HFFC, Hertfordshire football. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, you know. Um, and yeah, there was a player called Danny there, and he went to the school, and we were training on goals. Like, the goals is in the school. Yeah, yeah. Facilities were crazy. So, um I, I think I told Danny that I wanted to leave and he said, I can get you a trial down here. So I went for my trial, got in, and then the rest is history. Like those, The next two years I had at Queen Jair were probably, like, looking back now, probably up there are my best two years of football I've had. Mm. Um, what was different? Had, like, from Kingstonians, the training was more, um, more intense. Uh, we did, like, gym work. Mm. Um, the preseason fixtures were better. The league we was in was better. We playing with better players, so I feel like I enjoyed it a lot more as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, Queens, man, I loved Queens so much. Proper, a proper um, football um, schedule instead of like a a mishmash of maybe different things uh, ahead of time, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Queens was mm. much more structured. Much more structured. Um, we had like pre-season schedule as well. We was in like nearly every day. The training yeah. was like phenomenal, man. I think that was my best thing that I enjoyed about Queens was the training. So um, you you must have bumped into quite a few ballers down there. Then. Yeah, yeah. Then we had a few. Like, the Queens lot. There was so like I'm surprised now that quite a lot of people didn't make it. Only I think a handful have actually made it from Queens. Mm. Um, but my time down there, there was some players. Um, he went on to like some a pro now, someone like the night chance, someone mm. was in the Nike Academy but didn't really make anything of it. Mm. Um, a manager as well was great. His two assistants like John and the people we had around him as well were good as well. Um, mm. So yeah, Queens, I really, really enjoyed man. Footballing, footballing wise, I really enjoyed it. So what kind of um, teams did you play up against? Of course, you had a schedule. Um, you said that was uh, 
quite structured. Who did you kind of come up against? Was it like other like other college academies? Um, yeah, yeah, we played other college, college academies, and I think once a year they played Watford Academy. Um, okay. So like during preseason, we played. Uh, I can remember Wingate, who are a good side. I think your friend now who plays for your Wednesday team plays for them, like Anderson. Okay, okay. Yeah, he played for them. So yeah, they had a very good team back mm. then. Um, played against Wingate, like a Watford Academy, not the like the football academy, football league academy. Sorry. Mm. One just below, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So we played against a few different um, clubs, man, and it was I can't really remember the, who we played against, but the the um the level of the ability of footballing wise was was up there. It was up there. Yeah, man. No, it's good to hear in terms of moving from one club and then identifying where you could go next. Because that Kings to Queens transition, a lot of people probably wouldn't have done that because um, they stay where they're comfortable. Because, yeah. of course, you said your boy was there um, at K's and, you know, you're already used to the environment, etc. But it took a lot of guts for you to say, all right, listen, I'm going to move from one establishment to another. With obviously maybe no parental help, as in you're just going to do it on your own and just going to see what I go on. And a lot of people probably wouldn't do that. They'll stay where you know, they're comfortable and things are already set up and say, oh, I'll give it another year and try and see what happens. But um, now, a brave move for me in the end, and it sounded like it paid off. In terms yeah, of no, that. 100%. I think for me, it was the fact of losing weekly. Um, mm. I didn't really take. And I feel like I was one of the better players there, 100%. And yeah. so there wasn't really much more around me. I think I had maybe another two, three players who were half decent around me. Everyone else wasn't really wasn't like up to scratch. Or when we were playing the other teams, they weren't, we weren't be able to match. Um, yeah. So I was getting very, very frustrated. And I just think I went from, you know, being one of the better players at Kingstonians to now being one of the players at Queen's who had to actually get my head down and start working for it a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, Always something to work towards. What position did you play there at King's? Um, at I was, no, I was playing centre midfield. And then when you moved across? When I moved to Queens, um, <laughs> I wanted to play on the wing, but the manager wanted me to play centre mid. Um, okay. So I was doing like a bit of both. Um, and that was where you felt comfortable in the middle of the pitch? Yeah, yeah. I really like, I, do you know what I like? I like scoring goals, man. That's my main thing. Mm. I just like being amongst the goals. Um, so I was just goal hungry. But I, like I say, from... Um, I don't think I was a wide player when I look back now. I just think I liked scoring goals and running. Mm. Um, but yeah, obviously I was at Kingstonians. I wasn't really getting amongst the goals or anything. So I went when I went over there, we were scoring, you know, like more goals, more chances in that. So I think I wanted to be amongst that. But when I look back now, I think centre midfield was probably the right choice for me to play. Sure. What happened after that then, man? Because obviously you finished the educational aspect side of it. Uh... You went off from Queens, sorry. What did you do next, man? So next it was straight into non-league, bro. Um, and this is so crazy because I didn't really know how non-league worked back then. Um, mm. So I was just getting dipping my feet into it. Uh, I ended up at my first non-league club. was like Farley Rovers. Um, didn't really, not, nothing really special. And then um, from there I moved to Rains Park. And I feel like Rains Park's where I started to get a feel for it. Um, and make a little, little name for myself. So uh, Farley Rovers was uh, what division at the time? Step seven, step six? Um, they were step... They were step five at the time. Okay, um, that's not bad. Uh, but yeah, now they're like step seven, but they were step five at the time. And then Rangers yeah. was step five as well. Um, 
So yeah, I moved across the terrain park and that's where I sort of was doing my thing, scoring and making a name for myself. And then it just the it started moving to so many different teams in that league. It's unbelievable. Now, how was you getting to these places? Because obviously you're like 18, 19 at the time. And money is an issue, if you're being honest, unless you was working or you was in a good position. I mean, these are not places that are just next door. Like, you know, you're from the southwest side of the woods, west side of the woods kind of thing. So how was you getting to these places? Because they're not nearly close. You have to jump a couple of trains, potentially, no? Um, no, so Farley Rovers, my brother knew the manager. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, everyone lived quite close. So I live in Fulham and um, loads of the Farley boys lived in Fulham and Clapham Junction. So getting a lift in that wasn't an issue. So, okay. I just have to meet at a meet time, and then people will be there with cars, and we just got, like go on our way. So um, getting around wasn't too bad, um, and it's the same with Rains Park. I feel like um, there was like loads of people with cars and that, so you could just meet them, jump in the the, the, the car, and, and you can make your way down. Decent. I mean, um, what was your season like? Because you said it wasn't great at Farley Rovers, but what was it like in terms of? Um, when you first got there, because obviously this is your first non-league club, you got there. Your brother, you said your brother knew the gaffer. Like, how was the induction into that life of, of non-league? First of all, it was very different because I've just come down from like the academy setup, shall I say, of where you're trying to play out of every situation, and I think I got caught out a bit. Mm. It's a bit of a transition of you know non-league is a bit like long ballish. Yeah, um, but I, I don't think I was. I don't think I understood that as well as I probably should have. Um, and maybe I didn't adapt as well as quickly as I should have. Um, but it, it's all football at the end of the day. So, yeah, I think after a couple of games or months, should I say, I, I fully adapted and it was just it was just like long ball. Honestly, it's like clips, areas, mm. win your seconds and go play in a half sort of thing. Okay. So it's more territorial football. Yeah. I'm guessing you stayed there for how long? Six months? Less than that? Um, so I maybe joined around, I didn't play the full season, so I maybe joined okay. around um, maybe November, December, and then I was there till maybe the end. Okay. And you notched a few goals here and there when you could? No, to be fair, that Farley Rovers team, we were struggling, so we were like near the bottom. Okay. Uh, it was more of a case of trying to stay up. Um, mm. I don't even think we did that. But yeah, we were struggling, but you know, like, as my first, I think for me it was just getting into men's football. Yeah, trying to have an understanding whether I was getting beat or not weekly. It was just mainly trying to get into the door and understand it a little bit better than um, I should have been. And in terms of like when you went to Reigns Park, was that the following season then? Um, no, so I think after Farley, um, for a couple of seasons, I didn't play. So I was probably like 18, 19 at Farley. And then I went to Reigns Park. I remember I was just playing Sundays for maybe two seasons. Um, okay. What made you change? Bro, I honestly don't know. Um, I just think I, I sort of fell out in love with the game because I was getting whooped. Um, mm. I didn't, didn't really understand um, the non-league setup as well. Um, so, yeah, for like two, three seasons, I was just playing Sundays with my friends as well. It was very local, but they were all my boys as well from the area. Mm. I just enjoyed it more. Um, it was on a Sunday morning as well. I think I was working. I found myself a Saturday, like a job, and I mm. worked on Saturdays as well. So Sundays was just perfect for me. Um, and then after maybe two, three seasons, I got that's when I went to Reigns Park. Um, I must have been about 22 then, um, 21. And that's when uh, I, big, 
big gap because again as i said what made you kind of fall out of love you just said you know it is what it is you played with your boys and uh it's you found you have to sometimes find that spark again yeah. um because getting whooped as you said <laughs> with a club that you know you're maybe not getting paid for you know you're traveling week in week out probably twice a week you're playing it's a long gruesome season when you're getting whooped every every week so um Sometimes you've got to find your spark again. Some people don't return, but I mean, credit to you for, you know, going back at it two years later and staying in touch with it, man. Sorry, man, keep going. Yeah, no, I, I had to get into, um, in, back into enjoying my football um, mm. because I think it was important. Um, I think when you was playing with my friends as well, I really, really enjoyed it. It was something that I looked forward to on a Sunday. Mm. Um, and there were different cups, different leagues as well. So the battles were always good as well. Again, you come up against people that you know in the league as well, as well when it's like close to you. Yeah. That hunger, that sort of got me hungry um, to want to go back playing like a bit higher. Um, so I stepped out of my zone and I just went to Arrange Park, just off my back, didn't really know anyone. Um, so and that wasn't difficult for you to get to, as you said, you had people that were in from the area, blah, blah, blah. No, yeah, so that was just like a train ride away. That's from my stop where I live now. It's about 20 minutes. That's not bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it wasn't too bad at all. And then the away games was the same. I meet at the club at a certain time and people were in cars and we just head down to the away games. Nice. How was that season for you then? Sorry? When you went back no, you're cutting up. How was that season for you when you went back into it? Oh, when I went back into it, um, yeah, this it was fine. Um, we were like a mid-table club, um, beating teams around us. I tell you, when you're at a mid-table club, mm. um, from my past experience anyway, you normally beat the teams above you and in and around you, but then the teams, I don't know, right down below you, just you struggle to beat. Uh, no idea why, but <laughs> I just remember, you know, we were beating teams near the top of the table to more than the teams near the bottom. But we were, we was a very young side, very young side. Um, like we had the youth team boys playing for us. And then most of the other team, like I'd say I was probably 21, 22. And the, the older players were maybe like 26 max. So everyone else was below 26 and we were young. Mm. Okay, so young side. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. Did that favour you by any, or was just like you know you'd have, would you preferred a bit more experience around you? Because mm -hmm. um, again, is very young as you as you know. Um. Yeah, I only had a bit of that because you're cutting up. Now, sorry, but I said that 26 is a, obviously a young snip with grown men on. So how was that for you? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, do you know what it was? I think we were just new to the to the scene. We had no fear. We were very young. The young boys were young. They were like 18, um, mm. 17 coming through. So it was just energetic, man. We just won pure games because we were just energetic. And there was no fear. It was more like go out and play rather than do this, do that, do this, do that, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah. Um, would, would you prefer some older generation men in there just to give experience? Um, I'd say, yeah, yeah. Going off, like going back to the season, remembering it now, there was probably times where we needed that experience um, yeah. where we might have lost games in the 90th minute because we didn't see it out correctly or whatever. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, what we still done that season, finishing like, I think I'm sure, pretty sure we finished mid table. Um, and we were beating teams as well. We went on a long little little run as well, um, beating like the favourite teams to go up and whatnot. So I think um, we did we didn't do too bad. But yeah, having experienced players around us, I think would have been 100%. Um, it would have made things better. No, that's cool. I mean, in terms of Raiders Pot, after that, where did you go? Um, Raiders Pot. So at Raiders Pot, I started to make like a little name for myself um, mm. in in that league. Should I say? Um, so I was scoring whatnot. Um, and then I moved on to Walton and Hersham um, after Reigns Park. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, where two players that who... So when I left King Swingers Academy, two players, obviously a bunch of guys came in and then two from that bunch that came in, I ended up playing with at, um, at Walton and Hersham. Um, mm. So, and I think Sean was like around as well at the time. So it was, it was good. Sean, I think they helped me settle in really. Um, when I moved over there but they were like a t- team at the time who were like pushing to go up and I've just come from Reigns Park who were like mid-table so again it's a different it's a bit of a transition of you know this team wants to go up so you've got to do things correctly um, it, it was much more um, intense and not as laid back as Reigns Park was but mm. you know these are the things that you get when you're playing for teams who want to go up it's, it's all part of the game yeah, I mean, is that the same division they're in then? Use all, all these teams that you're talking about were in similar divisions. Yeah, yeah. So Rains Park and Walton Hersham were in the same position. Um, we okay. played against them before I left Rains Park. We played against them. Um, I think it was three two. Um, so yeah, I think I had a good game, and I think that's when, um, like, uh, Levan was like to me, uh, "Come down." Um, so yeah, I just headed down really. I think obviously as well they were near the top and they were winning. They were beating all the teams, so it was like it's a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the the non-league cycle in general? Just to pause for you for for a minute, is it a very difficult place to get out of? As in, when you keep playing and bouncing around different teams, is there like a thought process in certain managers when they see you've played for different teams that they're they're less likely to get take a gamble on you, or they're more likely to take a gamble on you? Like. You've hit it on the nail. Like, I think um, so. But managers, obviously, managers will talk to each other, and what, mm. when you leave a club, it's a bit like, oh, why has he left? You know. Yeah. But, um, you can leave for so many different reasons, but yeah, when I was bouncing around, I felt like no one really wanted to like give me a sort of chance, sort of thing. Um, so I was like, it's it's that's actually crazy because I remember like I was maybe a season like before I was being told no, like you can't come down, we've got no space. Like before that, I was like putting in goals in, and them same managers were telling me, "Oh, you know, like you can come down if you want or whatever." And then as soon as like I started having a, few, a fair few clubs in, within the same season, like all of them sort of managers who were telling you to come down, and that it just all stopped. Mm. Uh, so I remember for a while, like I was just playing amateur league. Okay. Um, on a Saturday, just to like try and get, you know, back into something. Um, and then I managed to like finally get somewhere. I think I've managed to go so after SCR. I went to maybe Hamworth Villa. 
Okay. Um, was this after Wharton? Yeah, yeah, this is, this is after Wharton. Yeah. Um, so obviously, I bit, after Wharton, I had moved about a bit. After, okay. Literally, after Wharton, I maybe had like three, four clubs within like <laughs> five months. What's that? Is, is that why I'm correct in calling you maybe a non-league villain? Because uh, you, it just, was it a thing where it just didn't sit right with you? Each club you went to just didn't sit right? Yeah. You see, I feel like I play best when I have like a proper relationship with the manager. The manager understands me. I think you have to understand me to get the best out of me. Mm. And I feel like I was bouncing from club to club. I was, but my thing back then as well was that I was bouncing from club to club and I wasn't starting straight away. And that was my thing is I just hated being on the bench. Mm. And it was almost a thing as well. You didn't know how long it was going to be on the bench for. Everyone sort of made their their pack like their friendship groups or whatever mm. you know you're coming in you're trying to buy into the to the team but it, it, it's difficult um so yeah i think i just bounced from club to club to try and find somewhere to settle down and it it, just, it, it didn't really happen um at that time so just went off to play like literally part football on a saturday so in those uh, five months when you was bouncing around um, was there any kind of conversations you had with managers to say listen maybe after the third club like, what could I do to get me a starting shirt? Was there any kind of conversation like that? No, you know, I never really had that conversation with managers. I more had that combo with friends, and friends would just say, like, by your time, um, that your time will come, your time will come. But for me, it's like, remember, this is a season as well where I'm scoring, I'm scoring, I'm scoring. So I'm just trying to get into a team to score, do you understand? So I can prove, like, this is my worth. This is why I feel like I should start sort of thing. But mm. again, just... Don't know, it just never happened for me, man. I mean, uh, what was in these five months, of course, when you had um, these training sessions and things like that, was there anything in, in those kind of times as well where they were saying, like, listen, you're bagging, you're, you're doing the right things in training, carry on, or was there just, there's no conversation of the sort when you was there? Non-league is brutal. There's no conversation. Like, there is no conversation. You are left to it yourself. If you were in a poor form, the manager's going to let you know you're in a poor form. Mm. Um, and if you're scoring, like you're, you're the, like everyone loves you at the club. But when you're not scoring and you're in your poor form, that's it. Like you just sit down and you got to wait your turn. Um, and I think again, this is like why uh, I think I moved about a lot of times because some managers have like they don't have any man management. Um, they just leave you to rot, and that is it. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a re- I mean, it's a results game. Obviously, sorry to be brutal as well, but it's a results mm-hmm. game. So, as you know, they're you know, you know what, he's not doing it for me. I'll get another number nine in, and before you know it, they've signed about forty players over the season. Yeah, but and it's them ones. It's kind of that kind of vibe, isn't it? In, in that kind of lower league. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like at the same time as well, that can bring down like the team morale. Um, Definitely. If you're just going out and signing players, you know, I think um, when I look back now, where I am now. Um, the manager, you know, who I play for now is probably my favourite manager I've ever played for. Um, because simply, if you're having if you're having a bad time, yeah, he's gonna let you know you're having a bad time. But at the same time, you know, it's okay. What are we gonna do now to get you back to where you should be? It's not oh. I'm just gonna leave you there to rot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, for me, I feel like man management in non league is a big thing, big big thing. Definitely. I mean, um, that young side that you said you played with. Did you did you feel any of that presence when you was at that that team? Because obviously they're very young, being being maybe their first or second season in non-league. Some of them, uh, how was it in that kind of side compared to the maybe four or five sides you went to 
after that. The Reigns Rain, Park I'm talking about. Talking yeah, about yeah. Rain, Reigns Park was very, very, very chilled. Um, mm. But there was none of that. I think we were just young, again, like we were just young boys and we were just out here just playing football. Um, so there was no real pressure on us. It's like if mm. we lost the game, we lost the game onto the next one. You know, we wasn't going to get promoted and we wasn't going to go down. So it was always a thing of, you know, if you lose the games quickly onto the next one. Um, and yeah, we lost games, but I think we went on a long, long run. And we were, our team was, again, our team was very young. So it was just, there was no, there was no pressure. Mm. Like from the manager, there was honestly no pressure. Like if we Decent. lost the game, we'll be in the changing room. Everyone's like laughing, giggling or whatever. And then we're on to the next game and then we probably go win the next game. So we didn't yeah. really dwell on the losses too, too much. It's fair, man. I mean, it's, it's interesting to hear because I've got, some 18-year-olds that I coached just finished with the season and passing down some of this information to them is very vital because some of them have been in the under-18 setup for the half a season before COVID, um, playing for the Uxbridges, the maybe North Greenfield, such. So it's very helpful to hear some of these, you know, thought processes that you had at, you know, maybe 18, moving up to like 22 in terms of like not being afraid to stop, go play football where you enjoy it and then come back again. And, uh, play for someone that actually understands your kind of worth and your ability so it's definitely helpful to hear man I mean moving from when you was bouncing around you said you went to the AFA league then what um so after like the amateur league I that's when I started to get my love back um and obviously I like I moved somewhere so I was playing football there and then when I moved back um that's where I'm, that's where that's where I am now and I've been here for like maybe three, three seasons, I'd say. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then they're in the same division, higher division? Yeah, yeah, we're in the same division. Um, we've just moved across now to a more central division. We was in like the Wessex League before. Um, so it's like quite far out, man. Away days back then were away days. Like, mm. Mm, it was going all sorts of places. Southampton, Bournemouth. Um, Damn. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't change it for the world. Like, even now, when I look back now, the team that we have now, it's sort of that, not Reigns Park vibe, but it's that sort of like, it's the boys are so chilled, like we go out and we win games. Like everyone is friends as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It, it, I think it makes the, the friendship and the bond between the team a lot better when everyone is friends. Yeah, close knit group, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I played for teams before where I felt like, whoa, like, do I even fit in here sort of thing? Mm. Um, and you're not going to get the best out of me then if, I'm, if I feel like I don't fit in. Um, so, yeah. Like, I remember I had a thing one time with um, one player. He was a striker and I was a winger at the time. And um, we had like a sort of thing on the pitch where he was arguing. And then the next game, like he started and I got benched. And I'm like, whoa. Um, but, yeah. From then, I'm, that was sort of a red flag for me as well. Because I was a bit like, if you're going to bench anyone, it should be both of you. Surely you both get the same treatment. Um, yeah, yeah. Why does one get a different treatment to the other? And then from that, I just bounced. Fair enough. I mean, um, the club that you're at now, uh, you said you've been there three seasons. Um, what's changed? Why, why have you settled down for three years? Um, do you know what it is? My biggest thing, yeah, anyone listening, is play for a manager who understands you and who knows you more than a manager who wants you. Um, because when you're having your bad days and a manager understands you, your bad days don't really last that long because they're figuring out how can I get, let's say myself, how can I get Mal back to where he's playing at his best? Mm. A manager who wants you, 
it's not the same, man. They want you, and then if you're not doing what you've got to do, that's it, your bench. But the manager I have now, if I'm not having a good run of games, he'll come to me and say, now look, you're not playing to your best of ability. How can I help you? But like, I, he'll be like, there was a game last year where I was on the bench, um, and he, he came to me before the game and said, look, you've had a bad three games, so this one you're going to set out, you're going to be on the bench. But you know what I mean? You'll get back to where you were scoring goals and doing everything you were doing. You know what I mean? Next two games, I'm back in the starting lineup scoring. So it's all about the man management for me as well. A lot of these managers yeah. don't have that. And it's just when you're trying to settle in and everything, it's not, it's not that, man. It's not easy. Of course. I mean, you want to have 16 to 18 players all happy, right? If, obviously, I don't know how big the bench is at, at that non-league stage. Um, but, you know, if you want to have all these people firing whenever you need them at a point and call, you need to have that kind of transparency, I think it is. Um, and not many managers, as I said, can have that because they're just thinking results, 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 results. So it's good that your manager can take you to the side, talk to you and whatnot. Um, I don't know if you're the Mara Balotelli of the club, though. No, 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 no. Simmer down now, man. <laughs> not the Mario <laughs> Balotelli of the club. No worries. Okay. But at least he's come to you and given you that kind of respect to say, listen, I've pulled you out because of X, but you'll be in for, for the next one. And then, as as you said, you fired the next two games and always, always forgotten. And just having that little transparency, really, in terms of knowing what to say to individual players and how to keep them ticking throughout the season. I mean, what was your goals tally last year? Um, so obviously COVID stopped it short, but I was mm. like seven and nine. Seven and nine, not a bad run actually. Yeah, yeah. What type of goals was it? Like headers, finishes, <laughs> left and right. I could tell you the last time I scored a header, but um, no, it was mainly um, like just cutting in and banging in the box. I think okay. my like, that would be my finishing move. Honestly, it's just so natural to me. If I get it right, clean, it's it's gone in. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's probably my task or most of my goals. And currently, you're playing through the middle, is that what you're saying? Uh, so I'm playing as a 10 at the moment, so yeah, okay. in the middle, but it's, it's sort of like a free row, I can float out wide, um, yeah, and I can run beyond the striker if needs be. So, um, it's all you know based on myself and another player at the moment, so it's all good. And in terms of uh, the kind of setup, is is it uh, just contract or is it? Non-contractual. Uh, it's non-contractual, non-contract. So, like, um, those kind of clubs in that, not many people offer money in that league. Is it more the ones above, or it depends who you are? Um, no, there's money in the league again. It depends who you are. Mm. Um, there's players in the league on like silly, silly money. Um, but obviously, I think at the start of the season, all these players are on this money, and then when they're not quite doing as well as they should be. Mm. The money gets pulled and then you see like all of the players leave. So um it's just one of them really. There's there's money in the league. Um but it doesn't always stay based on how your team's doing. Fair enough, man. I mean it sounds like you're at some way you're currently enjoying. I mean, have you started pre season yet? Yeah, yeah, we've started pre season. Um and I'd say I'm enjoying it because again, like, I know the manager, um, and it's just the relationship's like great. But um yeah, we've started pre season. Um, it's not going too bad. Um, some good like fixtures to come up. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all working towards like the seventh of August when the season starts. Nice man. I mean, should be a hopefully a COVID um, compliant, a full season of um, execution. Definitely. 
let's let's get back to some of these questions, man. I mean, in terms of where you're at now, is that do you think there'll be opportunities to play at a higher level? Um, I, do you know what? Yeah, I'm like I'm not even blowing my own ball. I know I can play higher, but for yeah. me, I'm just very comfortable where I am. Um, and with this manager, so I know for I know within myself that I can play higher. My manager knows it as well. He says it to me all the time. Um, but for me, it's just a no-brainer to just stay where I am, play it and enjoy it. Definitely. I mean, if if the call came, would you go? It's Conference cool. South. Oh, yeah, 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 Conference South. But I wouldn't leave where I am to go league above. For me, I feel like it makes no sense. There's no real difference in the league I'm at now and the league above, or maybe the top three teams of the league above. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like there's no real difference. But if, like, Conference South came in, then, yeah, most definitely I'm gone. Um, most definitely. Do you feel like um, there is much exposure at that level that you're playing at now, in terms of uh, people coming to watch, or you're just not sure? Um, to be fair, the team where I'm at now, like we get a fair few fans in. Um, mm. So I think there is ex- exposure. Like um, the old Reading manager, like watches us a, bit, a fair bit because he lives over that way. Okay. Um, but he just got, I think, a Charlton job now, or whatever job he's just got. But he just got a job. Um, but yeah, he came down for the game, and um, yeah, I think the team I'm at now, because they used to do quite high up before. Um, all the, they still got like all them fans in that. Um, like we played cows, yeah, like it's Isla White basically or whatever Isla is, and like the fans came all that way. It's just mental. Yeah, I like those non league clubs that have diehard fans that will go to the end, end of the world just to watch their local side. It's nice, man. Nice feeling. Literally, no, nothing, nothing like it. Again, hundred percent. Like it's, 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 it's amazing when you turn up and you know you, it might only be like three or four of them, but they're like, come mm. on, like da 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 da. It sort of gets you going, and you know what I mean. Definitely. In terms of like playing at high level, um, what stops you from going in at a high level now? Obviously, you said that I'd rather play for someone that I, that I know and, and has faith in me. But what stops you from leaving the club you're at now and just saying, you know what, I'm going to go and find a conference south, make some calls, and go and join their preseason? What stops you from doing that right at this moment? Um, I think it's just the fact that I'm so comfortable where I am. Um, I think that's the honest truth. Um, Nothing more to it. Comfortable. I think, like, being comfortable, but then having to, like, start again, going into this place and having to start like this, like, almost like the the unknown again. Um, Mm. Into the unknown and start again. Um, But, like, if a manager was like, oh, do you want to come down? And, yeah, more likely I would probably go um, if it was at that conference south level 100%. Um, but for me to reach out now, I'm just like, no. Nah. Fair enough. Honest of you. In terms of like anyone that you know that you've come across in your footballing journey, do you know anyone that um, you think should be pro? That isn't pro, yeah? Yeah. Um, I think, I'm going to say this, yeah. I think Kurt should be pro in England. Um, yeah. A lot of people have shouted them out in terms of the last four or five football growing up. They've said the same thing. He should have been pro. Here, anyway. Yeah, yeah, 100% he should have been pro. Um, my boy Liam Baker, I think he had something, but the non-league team just wasn't for him, so he stopped playing. Um, and as a, uh, altogether, stopped playing altogether? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't play at all now. Damn. Uh, yeah, I know. He was a very, he was a good player, man. Very good player. Um, but yeah, there's players that I can't remember off the top, like can't name off the top of my head that are, are not playing pro, who I feel like should be at least 
high or in the play pro game. Like a, play, a boy I play with now, yeah, called Billy Orham. Like, bro, if like he should be up there, up there over the next two years. Maybe not like Premier League, but at least football league. Mm. This kid talent is just it's unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Anyone from Queens? After um, before that, after that. Queens, David O'Connor. He was a good player. Callum Heath. Um, he was good. Um, I can't remember. Jack Reed. These are all like people who, who I played with, innit? Mm. I can't really say who I didn't, didn't really play with. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, just there's a, loads of people, but I just can't think of names right now. I'm not trying to say certain names. Um, but yeah, man, there was a fair few. Ronaldo, Ronaldo at Queens as well. I thought was good. Um, but yeah, there's a handful of players when I look back at it now. Like even if I was to do like a one to eleven of best players I played with, like so many players would be left out. It's mm, cool. It's true. We, we'll get to that one day. Of course, a lot of people might feel aggrieved that you left leave them out in the one to eleven. But you know that is football, man. You got too many players that you come across along the circuit and. That probably deserve honourable mentions, but maybe don't get into the one eleven. And that's just that's that's life, man. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of like um, enjoying your football under any manager, apart from the one you're with now, would you like to shout out any other managers that you enjoyed playing under in your you know growing up days of football? Um, obviously Dave Redington, who uh, was my Queens coach, and then um Simon Horney, or however you say his second name, at Walton and Hersham. Mm. We didn't have the best relationship at Walton, but Somehow he got the best out of me. Um, Shout out to him. Yeah, yeah, that was so weird. Like me and Simon, just I don't know, our relationship wasn't the best. Like if I ever had an issue, I'd go to the assistant Paul, <laughs> <laughs> and I talked to him first, and then maybe Simon after if I, if I needed to. But Simon got the best out of me, man. Best out in, of me. In terms of in terms of performance and goals, is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, so, Performance and goals under uh, Simon at Walton and Hersham. I was like, up there. Yeah, I big up them too. Oi, what about um, in terms of when you was at your best? When could you say you've been at your best, your peak in terms yeah, of yeah. football? I'd say Walton and Hersham with Simon. And that was at age 24, 25? Yeah, yeah. Bro, like weekly scoring. Um, weekly, weekly. And it wasn't like it was maybe the off game, it was one, but it was mainly like twos and hat tricks. But the team that we had was phenomenal, like phenomenal. Like you didn't even have to, you didn't have to break a sweat for your goals. Is that what you're saying? You just said it was just on the plate. They knew where to find you. He was in on goal and he wasn't missing, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But Simon was the first manager who I played for who did things correct. Like he would sort of analyze the opposition, come back and tell us look, this is where we're going to hurt them. Then we go out, exploit it, and bro, half-time, we're like 3-0 up. So mm. the second half is just like, you know, it, it can turn into a goal fest. Okay. Um, so it was a bit like that. And then obviously the players we had, they could execute things perfectly, perfectly. We have one player called Flo Bojad, yeah? He's playing pro now and I think Germany. Um, Large up him. His left foot, right, if I say hit, hit, like hit that tree, he's hitting the tree. It Accuracy. Was um, perfect accuracy, perfect. And his like sense of awareness during the game, his technical ability was like beyond a joke. Um, mm. So he he got me a lot of my goals because he he played nine, but he dropped deep, so which meant that there was space in behind. So I'll just exploit that. Yeah. 
had ball through and it, the rest was history. But honestly, um, that Walton team was a joke. Yeah, it'll just come through. What do you think in terms of um, a lot of the players that you mentioned that are really good at the non-league level going abroad? What do you think about that? I'd say to anyone young, yeah, if, and even in the league setup, if you're young enough to go abroad, um, when I look at it now, I think England, it's other things that happen here, but if you go abroad, I think you can really make a name for yourself. I think I, I tried to go abroad myself, but the timing that I went, their season is a bit different. Mm. Um, and obviously the manager said to come back and at that time I was settled in a club over here so I didn't really go back. But if I could go back, I would go back. Um, for me, abroad, somewhere like Germany, Austria, Belgium, like them sort of France, them sort of clubs, um, places in Europe, I think I would say any person, if you get a green light, go. Okay. So those kind of areas there. What about Cyprus and those kind of places, smaller islands? Um, for, for me, no. But for anyone else, you know, again, if they're up for it, then like... By all means, go. But for myself, I'm more like the Europe um, non-league setup. I think it's so. I'm more like I was training with a club in Austria, and again, the facilities are crazy, 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 and it's so different to over here as well. I think the standard over there is a lot higher mm. um, because there's not as many non-league pyramids abroad. Um, whereas over here, you know, you've got like step seven, probably step eight, whatever it goes down to. But over there. It's a lot shorter, so I think the talent bracket is much bigger. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man. And again, the facilities and everything abroad are just unreal. Unreal. I mean, it's, it's a brave move to go abroad at a certain age, uh, maybe whether it be 18, etc. Because obviously there's a lot of people, I think, at our age bracket when it was about 18 that started to go play football in America. Mm-hmm. And um, some people enjoyed it, some people didn't because there was studying aspect to it. There was also the footballing aspect. But as you said, the footballing IQ is not as good in America just yet compared to here, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like that Arsenal international tournament, when we played like the American teams, they were never good. They were just always fit. Yep, athletes, yeah. Um, But like footballing-wise, they were never like, oh, wow. They were just always, they would just run for 90 minutes. Mm. Um. So, yeah, I think America, like, obviously now the MLS is picking up a bit, but I feel like a lot of players go over there when they're coming towards the end of their career. Um, not always at the start. I mean, you go at the start, I guess, but mainly towards the end. But like, the footballing over there, I'm not, I don't know how good it actually is. Like, where would you put MLS over here? Like, what, between. That's the thing, a lot of people said, well, I've spoken to in just having a conversation, they would say MLS is probably. You know, like League One, League yeah, Two, yeah. kind of pushing. Unfortunately, like with the caliber of players, they have obviously one or two gems from South America. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, retirees from Europe, etc., that try and boost up the league. But yeah, you'd probably have to say it's League One, League Two. Maybe that's being generous to some, but yeah, League One, League Two, uh, definitely. Um, some League One, League Two sides will give them a game as well, proper game. Um, the last one I would have to ask you um, before we kind of delve into something else is um, why do you think you still play? I think that's the biggest question to finish off with. Why do you think you still play ball? Um, I think I just, I enjoy it. It's down to enjoying it. I think when I enjoy it, I want to play ball every day. Like, um, honestly, if I get a shout from my friend saying there's ball on that, I'm gone. Um, mm. when, I'm, when I'm not enjoying it, I'm just like, no, nah, man, I'll hide away from them. But honestly, I think I still play now because I enjoy it. And um, 
I've got like more in me, man. I think um, that I mean, yeah, the main reason is probably because I'm enjoying it. Like I play on a Saturday somewhere, and like on a Sunday morning, Sunday league, like I play with all my boys. So, like it's it's a big big balance between the two, you know. Yeah. Like on a Sunday, it's all like it's not even. A, I wouldn't say it's a jolly up, but it's it's a good league, competitive league. But I'm like that with all my friends. Um, yeah. So it just makes things so much easier, so much smoother. Um, and our team's good as well. And then on a Saturday, you know, I enjoy it. I think, do you know what it is as well? I think because a lot of my friends are in my league as well, that competitiveness is there. It's like after the game, like who scored, who scored. Like that's the main, that's the first thing, you know, that like I would check and see like who bagged for this team, who bagged for that. And then be like, oh, what you bagged today? Like, you know, that sort of competitive rivalry mm. and your boys. Um, I think that's probably another reason why I still play as well. It's good to have playing a league with people that you know and, you know, keeps the spirits up instead of, you know, maybe playing loads of randoms every week. And you have really no care. It's like it's just a job. I turn up Saturday, kick a ball, go home. But now it's like, oh yeah, I'm playing blah blah blah's team today, or I'm playing your team in two weeks. So I know I've got to get a little form going into it, kind of thing. Yeah. So now it's good to hear, man. Definitely, in terms of where you play. I think to kind of round it off, I would ask you to give like you know maybe three tips to anyone out there, a young footballer, maybe even any age, if they're looking to play non-league. What's the three things they should, you know, have in their kind of mindset going into it? Um, my, well, my first one would be, like I said before, like play for a manager who understands you. Mm. Uh, I think that is probably the biggest, biggest, biggest tip I could give to anyone is play for a manager who understands you. Um, the second would be you have to be enjoying your football. Uh, if you're not enjoying it, then you're not going to enjoy going to football and training and everything. Yeah. The third one, um, <laughs> the third one would just be like stepping out of your comfort zone. One hundred percent, you have to step outside of your comfort zone. Because um, if you stay in it, you're just you know what I mean. You're not really gonna go go far. And terms mm-hmm. that, I mean, that like changing teams. Like all your boys might be at one team, and then someone from another team might shout at you, but. You know, you could go and that could be the best thing for you because you've got no distractions. Yeah. Um, and I see that a lot like where I'm at now. I just, I knew the manager, but I didn't know anyone else. Um, so I just, you know, I sort of jumped ship and it's like worked out to be the best thing for me because I haven't got any distractions from like any of the friends who, you know, I, like I see on a daily basis, should I say. Um, so I can just go over there and get my head down and work. So, yeah. I'm well, positive to think. Positive to hear, sorry. Thank you for that. I mean, just a side note, um, so you say you play Sundays, of course. Um, what, what attracted you to play Sundays? Is it still for the same side that you've been recording with or a different side? Um, no, yeah, I've always been playing for, for Barnes Eagles. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, we're all, we're all friends, we're all boys. We've sort of got a new generation coming through now of, like, younger talent. Okay. So, um, it's good, man. It's good. The league as well is quite competitive. There's like loads of rivalry, loads of banter on Twitter and everything. So mm. it's, it's all good, man. It's all good. But Sundays, I love it, man, because it's just, it's early as well. You know, you still, you can go football, come back and you still got the whole day ahead of you. Mm. That's, I guess that's the, the main thing. Um, I say you're playing with your boys. Doesn't that do a lot for the legs though, in terms of playing twice a week and training twice a week? Um, I've been doing it for like, for so many years now. It's sort of just like new to me obviously during the winter when the pitches are so much heavier yeah should I say 
um, my legs do feel it a little bit more. Um, but like now, when it's summer and that, my legs don't really feel it. But mainly like during the winter and that, they, I, will, I might wake up on Monday stiff or like on a Wednesday stiff. Mm. Um, but All for the love of the game. Yeah, yeah, nothing too major either. But again, like, I'm just trying to play as long as I can. Um, cool, man, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Anything else you want to add for the people? They want to hear your story? Where else can they find you? Et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I've got, you can find me on the socials, um, like Instagram, Mal Thomas, uh, with two S's, and then Twitter is like Lord Thomas 31 um, That's where I'm mainly tweeting up. Um, banter and whatnot, and then obviously teams I play for Barnes on a Sunday and then Fleet on a Saturday. Um, yeah, but yeah, just trying to push on at the moment, man, and have a good season this one because of COVID voided the last two. Well, I'm looking for 30 goals then, or maybe 25. <laughs> Make up for it, you know, seven and nine. That's, I guess you got to triple that, double that, you know. So let's yeah. see if you can get, I don't know, what, five and six. First six games look tough, but you know five and six is is doable. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think when you're on a run, your scoring is just natural to you, man. Yeah, of course. I think when you're not on a run, you're more you're more fighting to score, and it doesn't always come off like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, man, when you're on a run, I just think scoring is natural, naturally. No, man, I appreciate that. I mean, thank you for coming through, um, and blessing the people them with your story and your journey. Of course, it might have sounded like a a fast, fast one in terms of putting it into an hour. But I think um, everyone got the gist and, and heard the passion in your voice in terms of um, why you still play ball and where you've come from growing up. And as people know, I've come across you and others in a similar light. <laughs> and they must think, nah, I play for every and any team when I was younger. <laughs> it just, it's just how football goes, man. You just meet some great footballers as time goes on when growing up. So I appreciate you for coming through, Mal. Definitely. Love, man. I mean, we can do this again when you've definitely talked about your season um, finishing COVID-free, of course, 2021, 2022. So um, that is us, Dan, Mal and Ryan. Football Growing Up Part 5. Make sure that you tune in for the next updated one. That'll be Part 6 coming out very, very soon. That is me, your host, Ryan. And we out. Peace. Cheers. Let me tell you things about my life Let me tell you things about my life No checking on phones, no new uploads Before I hit the roads The liquor room